So we're in the third week of a series called The Passions of Grace, and uh, our topic for today, as you guys just saw up there, was uh, facilitating biblical community. And so we have a really unique service plan to be able to tackle that topic from a couple different angles. So we're going to be able to see uh, where we get that concept from the Bible, and Ryan's going to be able to teach us about that. We're also going to get some uh, time to discuss the topic with some of our leaders and with some of our pastors, and so uh, we'll get to hear um, some personal sides of that and to tell some stories about uh, people that have, as they've engaged in uh, community and sharing their life with each other, how God has used that in really dramatic ways in their life. So um, really excited to have that. Actually, Jeff is going to kick us off, and, uh, but we're going to see him via video. So let's give him our attention. Well, hello, everyone. Want to uh, welcome you here to Grace this weekend. We're in the middle of a series right now that we call The Passions of Grace. And uh, we've been looking at different areas of Grace Church that we are passionate about, our values, the things that we feel called to invest ourselves in and want to give ourselves to. Uh, so we've covered a couple of them already. We, we talked about uh, the passion to connect with those who are spiritually seeking. And uh, we said that that's huge. We want to take the good news of the gospel to those who need it. And uh, we want to make their kind of their path to Jesus as unencumbered as possible. And so we land on the phrase that God did not give the church to the church, he gave the church to the world. And uh, that's why we exist, to, to uh, seek and to save those who are lost and to help them come into a relationship with Christ. So we, we hit that one the first week. The second week we hit the idea that uh, as at Grace, we have a passion to do ministry in hard places. If, uh, if the building's burning down and everybody's running out, Grace Church wants to go in. Because we would look and say those hard places are the places that God receives the most glory and credit when he works there. And it's also the places that are often the darkest that, uh, that we need to go to and bring the light of Jesus uh, there to it. So we hit those two uh, values, those two passions, and uh, dug at those a little bit. If you missed those conversations, go out to our website, graceohio.org, and you can watch them or listen to them there and encourage you to, uh, to do that. This weekend... We want to advance the conversation and we want to talk about biblical community. And one of the great, great values of Grace Church is that we want to facilitate biblical community. Now, what's biblical community? Biblical community is your team. If you're looking and saying, man, I, I'm, I want to love Jesus, I want to understand what that means, download that in my life, uh, and I need to connect with other folks to do that. That's what a biblical community is. I wrote it down this way. A biblical community is a group of people dedicated to loving God, loving each other, and living out the calling that God has on their lives together. So it's really that spiritual team. And the more that you dig into Grace Church, you'll see that Grace is actually built around biblical community. Uh, life groups are at kind of the hub of everything that we do. So for the adult world, we just call them life groups. For the college world, we call them NP or new perspective life groups. In the student world, junior high, high school world, we call them student life groups. And even in the children's ministry, we have power outlet, which is kind of a small group function of the, uh, of the greater uh, ministry, the greater power kids ministry. When you come to Grace, you will not fully understand Grace Church until you get involved in biblical community. It's really where the action is. It's where most of the communication runs through. It's where most of the ministry goes through. 
and it's where most of the discipleship lands. So when you're looking and saying, man, they're talking about this in a series, or I, I have this, even this personal, personal question or struggle with God, where do I flesh that out? We would say biblical community is where you want to do that. That's going to be your network of care, your network of discipleship. It's where your family's going to get connected. And it's really the, the heartbeat of, uh, of all that we are here at Grace Church. Now, we would look at that as a biblical value also. And we would look and say, until I'm sharing my life with someone and allowing them to share their life with me, I really don't have the ability to fully engage in all that God has called me to. There's over 50 commands in the Bible that we cannot fulfill unless we're sharing our lives with each other. So for instance, how do you mourn with those who mourn if you have nobody else in your life? How do you rejoice with those who rejoice if you have no one else in your life that allows you to do that? So biblical community is kind of the pathway to healthy church. It's a pathway to intimacy with God. It's a pathway to deep friendships. And that's why it's a, a big, big value here at Grace Church. So we're going to talk about that this weekend and explore the idea a little bit and kind of uh, flesh out this idea of biblical community and facilitating that, facilitating that here at Grace Church. It's one of our great, great passions. I want to introduce you guys uh, to some friends of mine, and uh, we'll get to have a little discussion this morning. So a lot of you guys know, uh, this is Ryan over here on the end. Everybody say hi, Ryan. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so he's a lead pastor of our adult ministry, so he's been kind of leading the biblical community world and a lot of our adult ministries uh, for a while now, and uh, so it's great to have him kind of pick his brain. We also have Nate Rail. A lot of you guys might know him. You might not. Everybody say hi, hi Nate. Hi, everybody. Yes. So uh, he's uh, actually pretty new to staff, but he's our pastor of biblical community. And uh, you came on in April. Is that right? April. Okay. So he's one of our uh, newer pastors, but it's incredible uh, to watch his heart just beats for this. And he just jumped in with both feet and glad to have him uh, with us. Also, we we have, uh, this is Eric and Darcy Bossard. Everybody say hi, Eric and Darcy. Yes. Okay. This is everybody. So, so these guys have been leading Real Life Group for the last uh, three and a half years and um, have really been, uh, they, they, um, they love it and are part of the leadership team that helps to kind of guide and, um, and shape what Real Life Groups are at Grace Church. So we'll uh, get to have a little conversation with these guys this morning. So one of the things I want to kind of tackle first is Jeff gave us this definition of biblical community. He says, a group of people that is dedicated to loving God, is loving each other, and living out God's calling together. So um, it's it sounds great, uh, but what is that? Let's spend a little time, unpack that a little bit. Um, Let's expand on that concept. And so maybe a way to approach it is like, how do you guys, what is that for you personally? What does that mean for you personally and um, to, to pursue biblical community with others? Yeah, I'll jump in. I think um, I was thinking when Jeff was saying that, kind of defining, I was thinking back to my own life and my journey and all of the people that have been a part of that over the years, just being a part of um, <clears throat> biblical community, um, whether that was you know, connecting with the group and studying the Bible and then meeting the people in that group and going and running a Tough mutter race. Or it was, you know, um, asking people in that group, hey, do you know someone else that we could get together and play golf with? And like, just 
for me, the journey of connecting with people and being intentional and making a priority to invest in people. And um, I think it was easy for me to say, well, early on, like, I'm not sure I want to go to that level or trust people um, kind of that deeply. And so I think kind of looking back, I remember times where someone was like, you know, you should, the first time someone said, you should join um, our life group. I was like, I don't, why would I want to come to that? You know, why would I want to do that? And um, a couple weeks later, you know, I remember he said, you know, just come check it out. I was like, I'm tired. I don't want to be there. You know what? I'll just come and sit on the couch and just give me a cup of coffee. And I remember like God just started working on me and showing me the importance of those people that he had put in my life um, to help me kind of focus on Jesus. So, yeah. It's interesting, biblical community, I understand from a background of, of leading Bible studies, and I remember the first group that we prepared to lead and had a real specific agenda and outline of what we were going to cover and walk through, and uh, really got through none of it, because what happened was that everybody <laughs> dove in and shared what was going on in their life, and it was you know, so powerful and neat to see that that's what biblical community looks like. And there's time spent learning scripture, but there's really a lot of time spent sharing life and hearing what everyone is going through and struggling with. Uh, Jeff will talk about iron sharpening iron, and that's what biblical community is for us, is very much learning from the struggles and the progress that others are making in a, in a transparent way, helping us figure out how to put skin on what being a Christian, living life as a Christian is like. And so that's the, the inspiring piece of it. The fun of Monday night is walking away from that, knowing you know, how to live life, uh, following Christ, and really seeing the, the successes and challenges that others are, are going through. The community piece of it is you know, stepping in and sharing advice, sharing support, you know, sharing love with those that are working through that is something that's great to see in a, a small, comfortable, safe environment in our living room. So that's, that's really what it, it looks like for us. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I got to admit, I think in the beginning, it's kind of embarrassing now, I just didn't get it. Like, I didn't get the biblical community thing. And so right when the church started, Pastor Jeff, he kind of initiated the biblical community focus and as you and I, we were in a group together, remember yeah. that? Yeah, it was awesome. Years and years and years ago. And, um, way back. Way, eons. <laughs> I had hair. It was awesome. It was a great time. Let's all mourn for a moment. Yeah, that's tear. Thank tear you. for Ryan's hair. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And I remember we would, um, I was really motivated. I was a new believer. I wanted to learn the Bible, and I wanted to share Jesus with my friend, a pretty task-oriented person. So uh, I remember showing up to these groups because Jeff told me to, you know, Jeff said show up, so I did it. And I showed up, and I sat there week and week and week after week, and we were just people sharing kind of their life together, right? And it was a bunch of Christians. And I actually stopped the group meeting in the middle one time, and I looked at leaders, and I was like, what are we doing here? I'm not really learning the Bible, not hardcore, and I'm not really sharing Jesus with my friends. Is there even a reason for this? You know, they were pretty excited. Yeah, we're going to sit that. around and uh, share our feelings. Yeah. Ready, go. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. ironic, but I yeah. couldn't get a hold of the relational piece. You know, as a guy, I always built friendships through like a mission or a task or a yeah. sport. And I, I didn't understand how to just connect and kind of be open and real and vulnerable. And I didn't see the iron sharpening iron part, Eric, kind of like you talked about. When I think about it now, I think I need biblical community. I need people in my life to sharpen me, to know me, kind of walk through life with me and, and talk about the how-to following Jesus. So it's been quite an interesting journey. When I hear that definition. It's pretty loaded for me. Yeah, it's cool. Um, and I think for me as a woman especially, I have a deep need to connect. And so hmm. I, it's, re um, it's really important. I love coming Monday nights 
um, into our living room and just hearing other women's hearts and just doing life together. I mean, we are broken and we have a lot of demands put on us as women and as a wife and a mom and I need to connect with other women to not feel alone in that. And I especially, um, you know, we have all kinds of things, you know, that we go through and someone in our group had a a failed adoption and so we cry together and we walk through that and encourage each other and we also laugh a lot and um, just enjoy each other and just spend time in God's Word and watch each other grow and, and God does that and I love that it's awesome yeah that's really cool so I mean you guys uh, have there's a lot of different ways of doing small groups you know um, Eric you mentioned having um, having Bible studies, and as, although we do study the Bible in, in groups, and they're biblically based, but it goes beyond that, it's a little different, it's kind of relational, but it's kind of missional, and how does that all work together, and uh, obviously you guys can't lead every group, and um, you can't um, be a part of everyone like that, so you guys have been kind of shaping and providing, trying to shape a culture that, uh, that helps people connect in those real ways, kind of on their own and in, the, in their small groups. What are some of the decisions that you guys have had to make along the way of what would and wouldn't happen? And what are some of the key decision makings of, like, of why biblical communi- community shows up this way at Grace Church? Yeah, I can probably jump in on that. We, um, right from the beginning, Pastor Jeffrey kind of started the, the real life group, biblical community portion of Grace. Um, the heartbeat was to kind of look at the example of the New Testament. And the New Testament church largely met in homes, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're reading about churches in the Bible, you're, you're thinking about the context of a home and people kind of be jammed into a living room, kind of talking about their life. And so we said, let's move towards that model and kind of move away from the building and allow it to be a little bit more real, a little bit more authentic. There's something about um, talking about my faith and my real life in my home or in a friend's home, it's a little bit um, closer, you know, closer to my real kind of where I live in my everydayness. Yeah, you know? so, so church isn't something I do or Jesus isn't something I do when I show up to an event or service. It's right. suddenly kind of a part of me and my life and going around. Yeah, so meeting in homes is a big one. Yeah, yeah a, a, a big piece of it that we've, we've tried to model, it. the challenge of being in a real life group is that you know, they're going on, you may not be in one, they already chose teams and I missed my chance to get drafted onto a team, uh, trying to make sure that people know that they're open, that we want people to come and join. And you know, something that we've had good success with is making sure the groups know, boy, when someone new shows up, welcome them to the group and know that they're there for them. And so it's, it's an ongoing process. One of the challenges, I, you know, people who don't go to group, don't go to group. And to solve that, you go to group. And once you do, then you see, wow, this is really something that is engaging and open to me. You know, as we have new couples come, they often will shuffle in a little bit nervous that they've missed something they won't be able to keep up and they quickly figure out this is exactly what I'm looking for. Big room on Sunday morning, a small living room on Monday night and it's very comfortable and welcoming. And so that's one of the things that we try to you know, keep it modeled is it's, it's laid back, it's welcoming and it's, it's meant to be something that really you know, becomes your team that first night when you show up. That's one of the big focuses of it. Yeah, so just, and every group leader and every group is expecting that, like that these are open groups mm-hmm. that you can join at any time, yeah, right? It's, 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 it's fun that when somebody new shows up, everybody's excited to have somebody new. And yeah. they're excited to have someone new, largely because they know the experience that they have had themselves. If I was that new person, it's great to have you. What a great experience you're going to have. You know, yeah. thrilled that you made the stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I think... Building off of that even, you think of all the different groups. I think at Grace now there's 50 plus groups. And 
what we're excited about, what we really hold to is we want to find leaders who first love Jesus and then have a passion about other people. Mm-hmm. And so then from there we say, we're entrusting you with being a leader in biblical community and then giving them the freedom to allow the gifts of kind of their group, um, the strengths to kind of play out. And so every group's going to have a uniqueness, a flavor of its own, and we really value that. We think we'd love that we have um, a place where you can connect your phase of life, kids, no kids, you know, maybe you're an empty nester. So really excited about, you know, as you go to kind of connect, um, it's very organic. You know, we're not saying, you know, all 50 of the groups are the same, just pick one, right? There's actually, we want you to have a chemistry, a connection, um, and, and develop, you know, those kind of relationships that way. It'd be more natural for us, yeah. Yeah, so the leaders, the, the as you trust leaders, that's really what shapes the group, and they end up all being unique in some ways. And so uh, that's, that's really valuable. Um, the, uh, um, I have a question for you guys, for Eric and Darcy. You guys are, are group leaders, and you've been for a couple years now. Um, it takes a lot of sacrifice to do that. And those of you that are group leaders, I mean, you guys know what that's like to, to give yourself away in, in those sort of ways, to open up your home and... Uh, and uh, even just to get ready for it, you know, like the, the vacuuming and the cleaning and, and uh, locking the kids in the back room and the whole thing. So, right, doesn't everybody do that? That's right. The, the, uh, but, um, so, but it takes sacrifice. But what are some of the stories and what are the things that you see, as you see it happen, you're like, this is why I do it. This is what's worth the sacrifice. That's why I'm in. The most exciting thing is to see, for us, is to see people that come to group and are maybe just exploring their faith or, um, you know, questioning what it means to have a relationship with Christ. And so we love when, um, to watch as they come and then see after weeks and then months how they're growing in their, in their walk with the Lord. And there's nothing more exciting than watching people grow in, Jesus, in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And then I would say another thing that excites us, we had two couples when they first came to our group were separated, and then to watch what God did in their marriage, and then to watch how the men really encouraged um, these husbands, and, and then to watch how God mended their marriages, and then that affects their children and generations to come, and that is very exciting. That's what keeps us going. That's awesome. Yeah, the, the sacrifice is, is easier when you see what, you know, what happens in these groups and you think about like, how do you know what you believe is true and you could ask that question and it's great Monday night to look out and see, boy, I know that what I believe is true because I see what it's, it's done in marriage is what it's done. You can have a, people who come to church on Sunday morning and, and maybe borrow their faith on Sunday morning and turn it in at the door and walk back out and it's great to see people then living out their, their faith and learning their faith. You know, through group and watching the stories, it's it's so fun to watch how the stories where people were wandering in their faith and have become very Christ-centered and making Christ-centered decisions in their marriage, uh, even in work. And uh, you know, it's 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 always fun to hear people struggle with, you know, what does living this out look like at work? How do I make these decisions? They want me to do something I'm probably not supposed to. Let's talk through that. And so that's, you know, that's neat. I guess another thing that is is neat is you know, Darcy mentioned that women are relational and men are supposed to be relational, sometimes we're learning that uh, successfully or not, but to see how you get to have more real relationships. I had a friend this week ask me, you know, do you want to go play golf, which is about as deep as men get, and I texted him back, I was, you know, having a tough day, instead of moving on, he, you know, reached out to me and said, hey, I'm, you know, sorry to hear that, and really encouraged me, and that's something that, you know, biblical community has given to me, the, 
the willingness to say, hey, it's not going great for me, even though it's supposed to be going great for me. And, you know, that person reaching out and, and connecting and loving me. And that's, yeah, that's you know, that's, cool. that's what it looks like. That's what keeps, you know, Monday night easy for us to make the sacrifice to not be involved in other things, not because we're compelled to do it, but because, you know, it really means so much to our life. It's so refreshing and, and inspiring to us. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, because when you engage in it and you see other people engage in it and you see how God uses that, I mean, just like that, yeah, um, as people open up their lives to each other and you see God really change people on this like deep level and, and long term. I mean, these are like, it's not like somebody stopped into your group and their marriage is fixed, but it's like a year later, two years later. And it's like this, this commitment to each other is like, is how God works. And, uh, and then people need to see it too. They need to see, like, you, like you're saying, it, kind of bring it out of the weekend. Uh, they need to see what walking with Christ looks like. You need to have other people because it's, um, it's only kind of one-sided to hear it from, uh, from the platform or to hear a sermon or something yeah, like I mean, that. It's, it's, you know, often on Monday nights, someone will say, really? Like, what does that really look like? He said that, and it sounds good, but, <laughs> and, and to question it, and it's safe to question it. You can't really stand up and say, Jeff, I'm not so sure about that, but, yeah. you know, it is easier Monday night to, to debate it and discuss it back and forth and then walk away, okay, now I really understand what that looks like. Yeah, one of you guys should do that one time. And Jeff's just saying, up, I have a question. No, don't. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. So the, uh, yeah, but it's cool. So there's a lot of things that, that, that um, just to finish up, if you guys have a few uh, short things, there's a lot of things that keep people from engaging in a group. And what are some of the common, um, common challenges for, for somebody kind of trying to enter into a group or the reasons why they don't come? Yeah, I think naturally there's, I think all of us come with, um, ideas about, I'm not sure what group is, why would I want to trust other people? You know, I think we all come to the table with our fears, maybe some hang-ups, maybe some past hurts. And so I think taking a step beyond that, trusting that um, Grace Church that you know on the weekend, um, that life group's really an extension of that, that you're going to be welcomed in, received, and loved. I think that's a big, a huge thing to kind of take that step and trust that. Yeah. It's, it's certainly the reality of life that there's so much going on and that we all have things that we're involved with and our children are doing sports and we're you know, focused on our careers. And so it's you know, taking that step of a commitment of saying, boy, I'm going to make this a, a priority. That's certainly one of the, you know, the challenges that you, know, you mentioned it earlier, but you know, the transparency and, and not everybody shows up transparent. People generally show up with arms crossed a little bit that first night and, and getting comfortable and you know, that's okay. But getting over those hurdles... Uh, boy, once you're in, you know, we, we, we certainly see in the years that we've been involved that when people just keep coming back, we've got a couple that drives a half an hour on Monday night to group, and they are there every Monday night, and they're there because of you know, what it means to their life. So the, you know, the hurdle is just that first step. But boy, once you get past the first step, it you know, really is something that's so impactful. Yeah. That's great, guys. Thanks a lot for your time, and uh, thanks for showing us a little bit what's going on. Let's give them a hand. Thanks. Love, love, love that. So the passions of grace, we covered a few weeks ago with it. Um, the first two that we talked about have been very outward focused, right? We're talking about connecting with people that are spiritually seeking, right? So I want to be someone that's sharing my faith. Last week, we talked about going to hard places. We, we want to give ourselves away and pursue ministry in hard places. Um, biblical community and facilitating that here at Grace is really, a lot of it's taking care of home. Right? That, that we as a church and as individuals need to be healthy. And, and I want to walk us through a couple passages here in the next just few minutes. And I want us to see some of the big goals.
goals that the Bible gives us for church itself and for community. Colossians chapter 1 points out one of these. The Apostle Paul's talk, and I think this is one of the major kind of key passages that drove his life. Uh, the Apostle Paul was a guy that really spent himself in, in ministry and for the cause of Jesus. He would be beaten and, and actually imprisoned, persecuted in all kinds of ways. And I think he sums up kind of what his mission statement was for, for the world. Colossians 1.28, let's take a quick look at this, considering biblical community. He says, he is the one we proclaim, he being Jesus. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. He says, to this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. The Apostle Paul would look over the churches and the small groups that, that he got to serve and that he got to love, and his heartbeat for them was not just that they would be people that kind of exist, or not just be people that just said, said yes to Jesus one time, or just showed up to religious activities. Paul's heartbeat was that the people that he loved and served, that they would grow and continue long-term towards maturity and towards a relationship with Jesus that's deep. We could say that Paul did not settle and allow his relationships, the people that he served, just to be kind of at a survival level. It really wasn't good enough for Paul. Paul would look and say, I want you to be thriving. I want your relationship with Jesus to be thriving. I want you to be in love with Jesus. I want your character to be thriving. I want your relationships with each other to be thriving. I want your marriages, your ch relationship with children. I want all of that to be healthy and to be moving towards greater and greater health. And Paul would say, I'm going to spend myself until that's accomplished. As we look at uh, Grace Church as, as, as staff and as leaders, and we look at the passions that we have for, for this body of people that God has brought together, we would echo those same values those same passions. Uh, we would look at you and say, um, guys, as a staff and as leaders, as the, the real life group leaders and the life group leaders here at Grace, we're longing to pursue maturity ourselves. Uh, that we're never going to arrive. You're never going to hear us say, hey, we kind of hit the mark. We're done. We're good enough. We're set. We're always going to be striving after a deeper relationship with Jesus. Because I want you to know that that's not motivated out of legalism. Uh, we're not trying to earn anything here. I want to make sure we're clear about that. We're pursuing a relationship with Jesus out of love and out of a response for what Jesus did for us. And then what we would do is we would want to see that happen in kind of all of our lives. That as we dreamed for, for Grace Church and as for the individuals and families here at Grace, we long to see all of us pursuing Jesus, and actually pursuing each other with that same kind of passion and that same intensity. We want to see marriages healed. And, and if we're single, we want to see that done on purpose. And if we're parenting, we want to see healthy relationships with children. And we want to see home base taken care of so that the reach of grace can extend out of a healthy base. Because guys, we can, we can go to the ends of the earth but if we don't have a real relationship with Jesus, 
And if we don't have health and a solid relationship playing out at home, it's all going to come undone in time. That pursuit of maturity drove the Apostle Paul. It drives us here at Grace that we want to become like the person of Jesus. And I want us to see kind of the mechanism that helped the early church to fulfill that goal and to pursue it. We see that in Hebrews chapter 10, which is one of the passages that talks about kind of what early church life was like. Hebrews 10, the author here talks a little bit about it in 10.23. The author says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So the author of Hebrews here says we need to, we need to grip on to our relationship with Jesus. We need to grab a hold of that faith and cling to it and commit to it. And we need to encourage and hold on to one another. Uh, that we need to help each other in that pursuit. We need to encourage each other and spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Because this is how this works. Church should never be boring. Uh, it breaks my heart to think that we would think of uh, being a part of a church as something that's lame or boring or something that uh, is not worth giving our lives to. Because here's the reality. Every generation is entrusted with the timeless word of God and with the timeless pursuit of becoming like Jesus as a response in love to him. Here's the thing. Every generation and every individual has a unique challenge in that we've never lived life before, right? Our generation has never lived in 2013 in Northeast Ohio trying to figure out how to follow Jesus, right? If we lived 2,000 years ago, there would be a set of problems and opportunities and challenges that we would face trying to pursue Jesus together, if we lived in the Middle Ages or some other time in history, we'd be talking about castles and kings and monarchies and illiteracy. Today, we face a unique set of challenges. Challenges that no Christ follower has ever seen before. And we get the unique challenge of figuring those things out together. In the midst of political changes and technological changes and academic changes and medical changes, it creates an equation that we have to figure out kind of for the first time. And all of us are doing that in the midst of changing life circumstances. I've never been a father to a six-year-old, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a ten-month-old before. I'm learning how to do that for the first time. Because that's all of us. The urgency to figure that stuff out, kind of answer the question, how do we follow Jesus? How do we pursue maturity? It's something we're all going to be wrestling with until we see Jesus face to face. So I want to introduce you to some friends of mine, Sean and Julie. Uh, they have a story of life change. I want to hear how community played out in their journey. Let's watch this together. My name is Sean Irvin. This is my wife, Julie. 
Uh, we've been coming to Grace for about three years now. Uh, I was raised a preacher's kid. My dad was a pastor for 13 years. And growing up, I watched our church fall apart. And that kind of drove me away from the church for, for a number of years. Um, eventually, I met Julie. And we started coming to Grace on Saturday evenings because it was a little bit more convenient. And for me, it was a great refresher, uh, a way of really kind of, you know, getting back into to the beliefs I'd kind of pushed away from for years. Yeah, and I think for me, I was raised Catholic, um, and I believed in God, um, but I don't think I really um, understood what all that meant. It was kind of abstract. So um, I was saved shortly after I came to Grace, and um, after that happened, I was really um, wanting to get um, deeper into what a relationship with Christ meant and um, wanting to dig deeper into the Bible and really dive into the next the next step um, in being a Christian. And so I think for us then we both in separate ways um, were kind of looking for the next next thing to do and how we can get involved and how we can deepen our relationship with Christ. It took us two years to to get into a real life group. We came, I mean, two fast years. It was just kind of, thing, seemed like we just kind of, it was a blur. Um, we were learning a lot while we were coming to Grace through the sermons. I mean, we really loved the sermons. We are getting a lot out of them. Um, but I think we just needed a more personal, um, a more personal experience and a, a kind of an everyday experience. I think after being in real life, group, real life groups for a year and, and kind of looking back, for me, being brand new to sort of a daily relationship with God and um, just learning how to go to God for little, big and small things. I'm growing up Catholic, I didn't um, pray to God unless things got overwhelming for me and um, I couldn't handle it anymore. But um, just um, being in those life groups kind of taught me the day-to-day -day of being a Christian and having a rela relationship with Christ and kind of supporting each other um, and things that they were going through and just learning how to fellowship um, with other Christians, um, which is which is how, how you grow, um, but it's also just building relationships with other people and kind of journeying through journeying through life together. Yeah, Real Life Groups was everything we thought it was going to be. You, you meet people, you study the Word, you get a little deeper into it, but what I didn't expect was you know, to the magnitude of the, that it did for us. Um, it helped me get over some of my hurdles with the church. And, you know, I found the, the groups and the people in the groups to be, you know, sincere. And, and I consider them an extension of what you feel in services with the worship and, and the message and, you know, the, the love and the passion that they that Grace brings to, to the people through God is, is what I found in the groups. And, you know, it was, you know, it was, it was incredible to have that support, to have those people that you can pray with, that you can talk with that you can you know open up to about your problems in your life and things that you're struggling with spiritually and have that comfortable environment to just work through that and you know and really kind of study the word and see how that applies to your life and really make sense of that and you know once we started going I mean it's been a fast year it was like God kind of hit the accelerator and just sort of took us off and you know it was, it was like we didn't even have a chance to look back it just kind of just kind of continue to grow and grow faster than we expected to. Um, and I think, you know, growing up in church my whole life, I think I've always kind of just recited the idea that, you know, I love God and God loves me, but 
You know, one thing I, a realization I had to come to over the past year was that I didn't really understand that. And I've learned what it truly means to be loved by God and to love God. Um, you know, for me, it's, you know, I start to view, I knew, I knew that there was a difference and I knew there was a change when I started to view people differently. And I started to see them through a different lens. In the past, it was, if somebody annoyed me, there must be another Christian in their life, I'll give it to them. Now it's my responsibility. What is, what is my role? What does God want me to do to, that, you know, to reach out to that person? And to, what effect do I have on their lives as a Christian? And that's one of the major changes that I found. Yeah, I agree. I think I, think, um, I learned to, to love other people um, by being a part of a real-life group and them showing me and us showing each other how to love each other as Christians. And um, so I, I think that I view people differently too and, and um, wanting to um, share God with them and I, and I think differently and I view people differently. Um, and when I look back uh, over the past year, I'm just, we just feel really blessed to have found the people that we found and be a part of this group and just sort of, um, just sort of um, get ingrained at Grace and, and develop relationships with people that really care about us and we, we really care about them. I always hear Jeff say, you know, you, you don't really understand Grace unless you get involved in a biblical community and in a real life group. And for us, you know, I, I think that was, you know, 100% reality. Uh, you know, the ability for us to get involved in, in real life groups has just, you know, taken us, you know, so much further in our in our walk with God and um, you know, I don't think we would be here if it wasn't for that. Just to close out our conversation today, um, it's pretty clear that uh, as we look through the scriptures and we look even in our own lives that we're built for a relationship. Uh, and uh, we're built for a relationship with God uh, first and foremost, that he's, he's created us to, to be with him and to, to know him. And through Christ, uh, through his death and his burial and his resurrection, he's provided a way and an opportunity for us to know him, that we can have a relationship with our heavenly father the way it was intended, and that our sin is no longer held against us. And that is brought to us when we say, Jesus, I believe in you. I want you to be Lord and Savior of my life. Um, and uh, through, through Jesus, God offers and he invites us into that relationship with him. But that, uh, that relationship isn't just that. It's actually also an invitation, not only to a relationship with God, but into uh, the relationship, into the family, that we are uh, to be a part of the family, that we are part of the sons and daughters of God and, um, and brought into the church, so to speak. Uh, not into this church, but in, into his family, into God's family. And um, I think we shortchange ourselves when we don't engage that way as well, because God made that as all one picture, to be in a relationship with him and with each other. And he is kind of uh, working in us to, uh, to provide that. So I'm going to pray for us so that we would, um, that God would give us um, that vision, that, and he would also enable us to do that. I know each of us have our own stories and have our own ways of, of either not trusting the church or not trusting God or not trusting other people, or maybe we're just not in the habit of just op- of opening our lives. Or, um, but, it's, uh, the, but God can work in us and through us to, to really be able to resolve um, 
uh, us and really restore the relationships that he built us for. So I'm going to pray for us, and uh, then the guys are going to come around. They're going to pass around the baskets. Uh, if you, you need prayer for anything, um, if, if you want to check out some more about life groups, you can let us know on those connection cards, and uh, we'd love to know that. So just drop those in there as well as your offerings as those baskets come by in a little bit. But let me pray for us. Jesus, we uh, thank you and we praise you that you have loved us first and that you have reached out to us. Uh, and Lord, we find all kinds of new ways to hold you, hold you at a distance and at arm's length and all, all kinds of uh, walls that we've created between us and you. But we pray that you would break those down and that you would, you would reach out to even us, Lord. That you would, um, by your grace, Lord, by your power, by your strength, Lord, Uh, draw us near to you and to your heart. Lord, give us, um, as you give us your spirit, that we would be able to say yes to you and to see you as Lord and director and definer of our life. And uh, Lord, we need your help to be able to open up to each other and uh, just to be vulnerable. So we ask you, Lord, to do that uh, in us and help to, to transform us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us first. It's in your name we pray. Amen.